Cause we got the alternative energy Molecular free autonomy And welcome to the Radioactive Show Produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne And heard nationally on the Community Radio Network Welcome to the Radioactive Show, I'm Michaela A week ago, on Friday the 13th of November, the federal government released their shortlist of nominated sites to be investigated for a national nuclear waste dump. Following the incredible success of traditional owners in halting the imposition of a nuclear waste dump at Muckety Station in the Northern Territory, the government began a new process where landholders across Australia had the opportunity to nominate a site for consideration. Of the 28 sites nominated, a short list of six have been chosen for further assessment. They are Sally's Flat at the Hill End Historic Gold Mining Town near Bathurst in New South Wales, Arid Gold Date Farm at Hale in the Northern Territory, Oman Ama in an agricultural and mining area near Inglewood in Queensland, Cortlandai and Pinkawillini both near Kimber in South Australia's Food Bowl and Wallabadina in the Flinders Ranges in South Australia. Today we'll speak with Dr Jim Green, National Nuclear Campaigner with Friends of the Earth, who has been involved through the 20-year-long campaign for the responsible management of radioactive waste. Regina McKenzie from Yapala Station, an Indigenous protected area which neighbours a site nominated in the Flinders Ranges and Tracy Carpenter from the Bathurst Climate Action Network. First up, Dr Jim Green with an overview of the sites and process. To start with, Jim, can you give us an overview of what's happened with the announcement of the six nominated sites? Yeah, sure, Michaela. There were, uh, all these six sites were volunteered by landowners although it's come as quite a surprise to some of their neighbours. Um, so there are three sites in South Australia. There's one in the Northern Territory, one in Queensland and one in New South Wales. And those six sites were culled down from a list of 28 sites that were put forward by landowners around the country. So now there's a process of consultation and next year the government will reduce that six sites to... Uh, a smaller number of preferred sites and then it will come up with its final site maybe next year or maybe the year after that. So it's still going to be quite a long process to go through. Mm. And so how is the process looking at the moment? Well, it's looking pretty strange at the moment. Uh, You know, the government claims that they reduced the 28 nominated sites to a shortlist of six through scientific and environmental criteria but um, it's pretty strange I mean the two sites near Kimber in South Australia are farming land you would have thought they would have been knocked off straight away for that very reason but they've both been included and they were nominated by friends of a Liberal Party politician and the other site in South Australia has been nominated by a former Liberal Party politician so there seems to be some politics in play here and there's a lot of intrigue about how this national nuclear waste dump process feeds into a broader debate in South Australia with the Royal Commission, which is investigating options to expand the state's role in the nuclear fuel cycle, which could include options like importing high-level nuclear waste from overseas countries. Uh, and I think there's some hope and expectation that 
opening up South Australia for a national nuclear waste dump will facilitate uh, those more ambitious plans for international high-level nuclear waste dumping. But at the moment, it's playing out in the exact opposite way. There's strident opposition from Kimber farmers uh, to the location of a nuclear waste dump there. And the other side in South Australia, in the lower Flinders Ranges, has been very strongly opposed by many people, including local traditional owners. And it's uh, so, I mean, these plans could backfire quite spectacularly on the state and federal governments, and, could, and it could actually be a block to the more ambitious plans for international high level nuclear waste dumping rather than facilitating those more ambitious plans. So where to from here as far as campaigns and, and public engagement in this issue? Yeah, well, we'll give local communities as much support as we can, albeit the case that we're very stretched in terms of time and resources, but we're certainly very actively helping communities in the four states. And uh, we've also got our own agenda here, which is to push for a rational response to this difficult, protracted issue of national radioactive waste management. And our agenda goes back to square one, goes back to first principles, and it involves uh, carrying out an an inventory of all of of Australia's radioactive waste because successive governments have failed to do that, and it's important to know how much waste there is. And it's even more important to know about the adequacy and the capacity of existing waste stores and whether there really is a problem that needs to be solved, because that isn't at all clear to us. 95% of the waste is securely stored at two federal government sites. One is uh, Lucas Heights in southern Sydney, and the other is uh, some very low-level waste stored at Woomera in South Australia. So there's no obvious reason to be moving that waste, and it's also not clear that waste being stored in hospitals and science institutions need to be mo- needs to be moved, given that it's very low levels of waste and given that these institutions continue to produce waste so they'll still need waste stores and on-site waste expertise, waste management expertise even if they do have a, a national repository. So that's what we're calling for is a independent national inquiry to thoroughly assess all of the different options. And as far as the waste um, which is due to be returned is it this year or next year to Lucas Heights? I understand they've made a purpose-built facility to store it there, which suggests that there is no need to, to rush ahead with this flawed process. Yeah, that's right. This is uh, the spent nuclear fuel from reactors at Lucas Heights, from the research reactors, and it's been sent overseas for reprocessing. And the first of that reprocessing waste will come back to Australia very soon. It will return in December of this year. And as you say, it's going to a purpose-built above-ground interim storage facility at Lucas Heights. And the government says it will only stay there for five years or so, and then it will be moved to a interim above-ground store at one of these six uh, shortlisted sites. So that's the plan there and there's no urgency with that waste and also it's just one of the most ridiculous aspects of this whole saga is why would you move long-lived intermediate level reprocessing waste from in, from an interim store at Lucas Heights to an interim store at one of these six shortlisted sites. It doesn't make any sense because 
uh, Lucas Heights has the storage capacity, it's got the security, it's got the expertise. Um, it's by far the best location to be managing this waste and another ridiculous aspect of that is that the government is making no effort whatsoever to find a final disposal site for this long-lived intermediate level waste. It's looking at a shallow repository for low-level waste, but it's got no plans whatsoever for this, for ultimate disposal of this long-lived intermediate level waste. And so if people want to get involved in the campaign now, uh, what avenues are there? Well, there are many groups in all of these four states and territories who are working on these issues, but um, people are welcome to get in touch with Friends of the Earth in Melbourne or or Friends of the Earth in Adelaide, for that matter, or Friends of the Earth in Brisbane. And we've also got a Friends of the Earth representative in the Northern Territory working on that issue. So by all means, get in touch with Friends of the Earth. But uh, as I say, there are all sorts of groups working on these issues, and, and it's fairly easy to find out who they are. You've been listening to an interview with Dr Jim Green from Friends of the Earth on the Radioactive Show, broadcast across the land on the Community Radio Network. Next up is Regina McKenzie to talk about the Wallabadina site in the Flinders Ranges in South Australia. I began by asking her how she first found out that a neighbouring station had been nominated. Um, it was by mistake. Um, like, I've heard rumours, mm. but last Friday when it was, uh, when it was broadcast on, on all media, that's when I heard. I actually heard it then, um, and it was a big surprise. We heard rumours, mm. but uh, when I got in contact with Atla, which um, Vince Coulthard, uh, we, we were told it, it was actually uh, taken off the list, and then all of a sudden it crops up again. What has been the response from the community? Well, the nomination, I um, I don't understand. It's something that, like all, all the areas that we worked on, if you were to look at the um, water report that I sent through to you, it shows that there's also a seismic... Um, a main fault line that goes in through over Wallabadina mm. and just the site itself, it's, um, it, it's got so much heritage in it, it's not funny. I, I, I can't work out why it's been nominated for. It's going to impact on the, um, on, on the Aboriginal heritage and you know, it, it, I, just, I just don't want a nuclear waste next, next door either. We work with, uh, with also on Cotabina and the area where we work, we've got cattle and stuff. You know, how would it affect our, um, our selling our cows and market and stuff? You know, and what, what impact would it have on us? You've been involved with a pretty amazing mapping project of the storylines of the local area and understand mm -hmm. that um, runs right through this property which has been nominated. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yes, um, we, we was working in partnership with DPC Yard, which is our Aboriginal Heritage Team, and that's with Heidi Crow and Rita Kakura, and um, and also we worked with Peter Saad, who works with EAT, and it's, the majority of this was all voluntary. Um, we got a little bit of funding from state government here in South Australia, and um, we we started mapping out the storyline in, in a cultural sense in how my my father, who was an Aljawiti, how he explained the storylines to us. So, um, and we actually 
we got all our stuff together and we've done a, um, a re- and we recorded it and, re- and registered it. We had to work on a methodology. Myself um, was Peter Saad and Heidi got our methodology put together and um, we came up with the mapping of, of the storyline. Mm. And this is the first of its type in South Australia? Yes. And so does it have any protection under the Aboriginal Heritage Act? Heritage Act, it's registered. Uh, we've done a consultation with the Ajumatna community. Um, it was passed and and it got registered. And yeah, it, it'll impact that, like, the access to it, but also it'll also impact the, the sites itself. Um, it is so rich in archaeology, and um, it, it's just something that um, should never be done. You know, it, it's such a um, it, it's such a big, big, big site. Pungapurana, that's in Kuyani, and if we were to say it in Wadapu Yurana, it's Yungapurana. That's the, one of the two groups that make up the Ajumatna. Ajumatna is made up of four different groups. We're made up of Kuyani, Yadliara, Bellalapa and Wadapu Yurana. And those two names come from the Wadapu Yurana and the Kuyani name. And, and the uniqueness, the uniqueness of, 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 um, of the water roll is something that we should preserve. You know, we should, here in South Australia, um, they talk about these, this, this place making jobs and stuff. What about Aboriginal culture? I, I'd love to see storylines all the way through the Flinders Ranges. And um, imagine having, having um, cultural tours for people coming into the Flinders Ranges and actually looking at the landscape, our Aboriginal people look at the landscape. The land itself is our book, and we read the land with our storylines within it. And what's happening is that I don't want a nuclear waste um, dump, whatever it is. I don't want that added into our book. You know what I mean? I'm all about. Um, I'm all about working in a partnership with with the local um, pastoralists and with um, like the local government and the state government and stuff, I'll work in partnership with anything in a, in a positive way. But something that's so negative as in a nuclear waste dump mode. To the people who have been impacted, um, I, I would say, you know, nine out of ten on their properties, there's and on the properties that's been nominated, there are uh, Aboriginal cultural sites, such as um, archaeological sites and stuff that are in the area, not only on top of the ground, but underneath the subsurface archaeology. But they should really start um, preserving these sites and stuff because of our, our history in the land. Um, <coughs> and it's something that um, I believe that the people who have been impacted um, should set up a really good partnership with the Aboriginal people of their local areas. It's going to impact us all, whether we're um, Aboriginal or non-Aboriginal. Um, these things are going to impact us in the community. It's not going to impact people Impact people who are in the city or anything. It's going to impact us. You know, it's going to impact Aboriginal people and also the, the pastors and stuff. Like um, the lady down at Kimberchief grows wheat. Now, how is it going to, um, how is it going to impact her selling her wheat and stuff? This is all the questions that are coming up. And, um, you know, they should be there for the people. They should go and find out what the people 
and what we think and what we believe. It's good in the sense like they're talking about it helps with certain sicknesses and stuff, but it also starts sicknesses. It starts cancers. You know, it does things things to people that um, is not good. I'd like to see a future where both non-Aboriginal people and Aboriginal people work together, um, work together and preserve what they have in, in our cultural history. You know, it, it's, we've got such a rich cultural history. There are um, atrocities that happened to Aboriginal people in the past, but you know, if we start working together now, we can we can work through all these um, things of the past. And, and look to a better future for Aboriginal people and non-Aboriginal people working together. It's um, something that we need to we need to really sit down and look at things. But the main thing is is that the the land that we are talking about, when we're dead and gone, um, the land's still there. You know, it's something that we I want to preserve the beauty of of our country. You know, I I love where I live. And um, I want to I want to share with the rest of the world how beautiful this place is, both the country and my culture. So, and without um, an eyesore of a um, nuclear waste dump. That was Regina McKenzie from Yapala Station, and you're tuned in to the Radioactive Show broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Our final guest today is Tracy Carpenter from the Bathurst Climate Action Network to talk about the Hill End site in New South Wales. Hi, Michaela. Um, I'm Tracy Carpenter and I'm the head of the local Bathurst Climate Action Network and I've also been a councillor on Bathurst Regional Council and um, a candidate, a Greens candidate for the state elections here. Yeah, excellent. And how did you find out that a site for a national radioactive waste dump had been nominated near you? Um, I found out last Thursday night with a call from ABC Radio um, and they were asking, you know, how did we feel about a nuclear dump site at, uh, well, Sally's Flat. It's um, listed as, but it's actually Hill End, which is a village um, in our region, a very popular um, and beautiful historic village. So what has been the response from the local community? Well, I think everybody was really shocked because there was no um, warning, no um, no canvassing of neighbours, no discussions with anybody in the community. As far as we know, we don't know if um, council was notified or um, our, our political representatives um, or from the government. So it was just really a total shock to the community that... Um, uh, they've been shortlisted onto the, the list of six for um, the nation national nuclear dump site. Mm-hmm. And um, we set up a, a response, you know, a Facebook page pretty quickly um, on the Friday. And 
uh, it's already in one week had over 100,000 views. So the response has been pretty strong. And um, we, we put together, a, held a, a community meeting in the historic um, hall up in Hill End and with a day's notice. And we've got about 120 people filled the hall um, to hear um, whatever they could find out about the proposal and about nuclear nuclear waste and about the whole issue nationally. And understand that Bathurst has a, a sister city in Japan that has been also affected by... Yes, nuclear. yeah, that was my, my first thought because um, uh, our sister city was a town called Okuma, which was actually the, the, the town right at the Fukushima nuclear plant. And so on the 11th of March um, is the anniversary for the nuclear accident that cleared that town and has basically meant the end of Okuma because of contamination of you know farmlands and of the the town itself that um, have you know after generations and generations have you know that the whole place is now unsafe. Habitation, so it's a a ghost town, our sister sister city, and we've had um, I've had a letter from Japan um, pleading for us to to not allow um, this community to become exposed in any way, even a waste as opposed to a reactor. But their experiences have been um, so awful and so so devastating um, that they. They've reached out also to to this region. And what are the next steps for the community now? Well, the the government is going up um, to the Hill End area uh, next week for three days, uh, but they've been very. Um, they they haven't called a public meeting. Um, they've notified the direct neighbours um, uh, that they'd like to come and talk to them. Uh, but yeah, there's so we're just waiting to to see if there's going to be some opportunity for the the community to ask all its questions about what's proposed. Um, but there is also a committee formed and a very strong no central west nuclear waste dump campaign uh certainly already underway to to reject it in this region and um also across the country to it just seems to be such a dangerous way to manage waste the idea of um locking up nuclear waste in a a shed um, under guard, I believe it has to be held under guard for you know two to three hundred years. It's just completely unfathomable how that can be managed um, in a remote a remote location. It would seem that the only safe way to manage what we've already created is um, to do it at an established facility that has. The security um, in place, and um, not to just put it out of sight, out of mind somewhere. The process of how property got selected and the property itself is just 
it's almost laughable. Um, they actually have the wrong, uh, identified the wrong address um, for the property. The, uh, the owner doesn't own the number that they put down on the, on the listing. He owns a property further down the road and the, so they've, they've got the address wrong. The site uh, is, it goes from about 3,000 feet down to the Turon River, um, extremely steep site. It's very erodible, it's, it's very geologically unstable. Um, residents have been talking about earth tremors and things that they, you know, they regularly feel up there. So it's, it just seems that, um, uh, it's it's a nomination by one person, and there's been no investigation of um, the realities of what that property is. Even the ownership is kind of questionable, <laughs> and it's you know, you know, they get a reasonably high rainfall for for you know central west New South Wales, um, flowing d- direct access to a, a river. Um, a, a, the Turon River flows along the whole um, fall line of the property, and um, it's the the best fine merino wool growing area in Australia. And um, the neighbours um, have a start that's just been given sustainable production accreditation for um, for their wool um, and for their handling of their sheep, and um, that would all come under um, question if they, they'd lose all of that industry and that um, stat, you know standing um, if they were next to a nuclear waste dump. So it's, it's also affecting the farmers and agriculture in, in the region too. Mm. Yeah. It's close. It's eight kilometres to this heritage village, which is visited by over 100,000 tourists and school children every year because it's a um, an amazing old heritage town with um, uh, also a, an artist's colony and um, some of New South well Australia's iconic um, art has artworks like um, Drysdale's The Cricketers was painted in Hillen so mm. it's a, um, a very important village. Um, which uh, the residents are very fiercely determined to defend. Excellent. That's great to hear. And if people want to find out more or like to get involved, what would you recommend? We're asking people to support the campaign on Facebook and also to go there to find our petition, uh, sign the petition. And if anybody lives in this region, it would be really helpful to put in a comment to the inquiry uh, and the name of the campaign is No Central West Nuclear Waste Dump. That brings us to the end of another radioactive show and thanks for tuning in. You've heard just a couple of thousands of voices from affected communities that have been already speaking out strongly about these nominations, and I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot more in coming months. 
Thanks to our contributors, Dr. Jim Green, Regina McKenzie and Tracy Carpenter. And if you feel inspired, please take the time to make your voices heard on this important issue. Even if you're not in a directly affected area, you can let the government know that the best place for radioactive waste is to leave it at Lucas Heights until we can thoroughly assess the options available for the long-term management. The comment period on the six shortlisted sites is now open and closes at 5pm on 11th of March 2016. Comments can be lodged via email to radioactivewaste at industry.gov.au. This show was produced in the studios of 3CR on the lands of the Kulin Nations in Collingwood, Victoria. The Radioactive Show is broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network and you can find the podcasts of this and previous shows at 3cr.org.au backslash radioactive. If you'd like to get in contact, please email us on radioactive.3cr at gmail.com. I hope you enjoyed today's program and tune in again next week for more news and views on nuclear, peace and energy issues.